We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hi, I'm Andy Herman of the Pack-A-Day Podcast. I'm here to tell you about TickPick. TickPick should be your very first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. TickPick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Pack-A-Day Podcast and the Blue Wire Network. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast welcome back packers fans to the pack a day podcast it is indeed wednesday it's an unfamiliar voice actually two unfamiliar voices coming at you as your usual wednesday crew Unable to record this week. I am Jason Perrone, usually of the Saturday show. And I begged and pleaded my former Saturday co-host, Mark Eckel, who is now part of the Sunday Pack-A-Day podcast, to join me for a reunion show. Unfortunately, Paul Brettel unable, but Mark and I are together. Mark Eckel, as always, I know it's not uh, Saturday or Sunday, but I have to ask you, as I always do, how are we looking at the beach? Pretty good. Um, had a little cold spell, um, but the weather picked back up. Um, Today might be one of the nicest days. It's it's going to be like seventy five and sunny all all day. So that's pretty good. Even for even for down here this time of the year, that that that's pretty good. Yeah, we and in the Phoenix. But if I remember, let me just correct your pleading and begging. <laughs> I thought it was me that texted you and said, "Hey, why don't we fill in for these guys on Wednesday?" You did, you did. I was trying to take the humble <laughs> approach, and you outed yourself. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is. I mean, no, I, I just said, "Hey, let's let's do a re, re, you know we we, we kind of missed doing the show together. I had some things came up where I couldn't do Saturdays, um, but I, you know I'm having a good time doing it, doing the, the the game preview with with Michael and Gage, and I'm sure you're doing you Paul and uh, Matt are doing a good job on, on Saturdays. So. We are. It's you know what's it funny good, is you know, it's it's been fun. I I haven't uh, missed a lot of shows, but lately just with some family and and stuff weird stuff going on, I've missed a bunch. So. Paul and Matt and I have not done very many shows together as a threesome. So it's it's been Paul, Matt, Paul by himself, me and Matt. I don't know all sorts of different combi combinations. So, but uh, I thought it was a good idea to do a do a little reunion on a Wednesday. You know, we. I don't think I've never done a midweek show. I've, I've only done Saturdays or Sundays. I haven't either, Walt. Mark, you're fortunate enough that uh, you know you worked your tail off to the point yeah, where well, every I day is I, Saturday now. Every day is, yeah, I don't, I don't even know what day it is. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's just another beautiful day at the beach. So, you know what? I'm, I'm serious. Football season, I know what day it is because Sunday and other things I do. I'm, I'm a little busier during football season writing for Packer Re- Report and I do a couple other things. But when it's like March, some, I really don't know what day it is sometimes. It's, it's a little scary. Like I mean, I kind of know, but sometimes I'm like, is it Tuesday or Wednesday? When, right. Because it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. Yeah, every day, you know, as as my dad said when he retired, every day is Saturday. Yeah. So. Every night's Friday night. That's right. <laughs> Absolutely. So, so anyway, we have Packer stuff to talk about, right? Packer stuff. Yes, we do. A little, little bit of news broke. Little bit of that's right. Little uh, little bit of news broke. Well, go ahead, uh, Mark. Take it away. We've got uh, we got a little bit of Packers well, nuggets to share before we jump into what we're going to talk about the, for today. The the bad news first. Um, unfortunate that Whitney Merciless, a guy I really really liked, I loved when the Packers signed him. I wanted them to, I wanted them to trade for him. Or, you know, they didn't have to. They got lucky. 
uh, Houston cut him, but it uh, looks like he is going to be out for the season, um, or at least for the foreseeable season, uh, with a bicep, torn bicep. They put him on injured reserve, as expected. Uh, they promoted uh, Tipa Galei. Is that how you say his last name? I think it's Tipa Galea, yeah. Yep. Galea, they, pr- they promoted him. He had been on the practice squad now for two years. Um, so he must he must have been looking okay in practice. So he'll, he's going to get his shot um, on the 53. He'll be the the fourth um, outside linebacker, edge rusher behind Rus- uh, Rashawn Gary, Preston Smith, and John Garvin. So he'll you know he'll be thrown right into the mix. Uh, and then they added Hamilton, who they cut last week, who was on the 53. Uh, I thought they might bring him back to the roster, but they're going to give Tippa a chance, and they're going to they put him on the practice squad. Um, to take his place there. So just a little, you know, some outside linebacker moves. It's a, it's a shame. Um, Merciless played well for the Packers too. I mean, he had, he had a sack last week, almost had two sacks that on the, on the almost sack is when he got hurt. That's when he, that's when he tore the bicep. Um, but what are you going to do? I mean, it's football, to, man. I mean, the Packers, I mean, every week, I mean, it, I, I thought, okay, finally, good. They're, they're finally getting guys back. Right. Um, it looks like Bakhtiari might be back soon. He practiced last week, and um, Alexander. They're, they're starting to see maybe, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe, and and, and Z- Zadarius. Maybe there's a chance there. And, you know, things are starting to starting to look good. And then they lose Aaron Jones. Now, thankfully, they got a. They, I thought when that when that happened, I thought, oh God, he's done for a year. But no, it looks like it's only going to be a one to two week. Um, he's a sprained MCL, which is a lot better than an ACL or even a PCL. So. Um, medial collateral ligament. Um, my guess with him is he doesn't play these the next two games. Then they get the bye week, and he gets a full almost month to come back, and then he'll, he'll be good for the for the stretch run, and then in, into the playoffs. And it looks like Rashawn Gary, who I also I thought he broke his arm when it happened. Oh, geez, yeah, at least that's what, that's what it looked like to me. Um, but then it, it was an elbow, a dislocated elbow. I, I guess they popped it back in. Um, and he's going to try to play with a brace on it. Sunday against Minnesota. So again, they dodged two bullets, but they they didn't dodge the one with Whitney Merciless, and he's he's out now. So well, and could have been a lot worse. And well, if you think and look at the pass rush room, obviously Z has been out most of the season. Randy Ramsey didn't even make it to the to the start of the season. He was injured before the season even started, and he was going to be the fourth guy. And fortunately, John Garvin has been okay when he's come in and helped okay. out. And and they had uh, I'm blanking on our our other guy that got hurt in preseason, and he didn't even make it to the to the 53 as well. Uh, so the 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 edge rush room has really struggled. And and I'm curious, you know, Rashawn Gary. We talked a little bit before we started about him playing with a brace. And I think there were some whispers, maybe not as much as I'm thinking. I might be overreacting to this a little bit, but there were some whispers about how good he was going to be, how committed he was to football and all that kind of stuff. And you said you spoke with some folks over at Michigan when he got drafted and they had really good things to say about him. And this kid, since he's come in, I mean, he didn't make any immediate impact, but that's because the Packers brought him along slowly, which was smart. That's why they brought in Zedaria Smith, Preston Smith, so that he didn't have to be the guy right away. Because if he did, I think it would have been a little tough for him not every not every player is like clay matthews and finds himself on the starting uh, you know in the, in the starting rotation and balling out in his rookie season halfway through but he's been really good and the packers need him frankly if they're gonna oh, yeah. have they have that success i mean you don't take any game for granted it's minnesota still on the road and the the vikings you know for anybody who's on the bubble and, and especially mike zimmer if mike zimmer wants to stay the coach of, of the minnesota vikings beating the packers would probably go a long way towards helping him accomplish his goal. And then you got the Rams the week after that, and the Rams are going to be coming off of a bye, and they're going to be pissed off because they just got their butts kicked on Monday Night Football by the Niners. So the Packers are going to need these guys. Yeah, Whitney Merciless finally gets a sack, and uh, it was a nice, it was a really nice one. Russell Wilson, man, Russell Wilson just struggles at Lambeau Field. I'm not complaining. He came back, did not look very good. I know the game's been broken down a thousand different ways, but to, to, to that point, because we're going to talk about the defense Spoiler alert on our topic today. We're going to talk about the defense and Joe Barry and the pass rush is is one of the biggest reasons why they're having so much success. Now, we can't forget your guy, Mark, who really makes it happen and nobody gives him credit for it because he doesn't show up on the stat sheet. But Kenny Clark, I mean, Kenny Clark's been living in the backfield. So everybody else is feeding off of what he's doing. And when you've got somebody as good as 
Devondre Campbell behind you there, and you've got other guys that are able to be versatile when you blitz. This defense is just churning out great numbers, and the pass rush is a big part of it. But we all held our breath, and I just, you know, it was kind of one of those things where every year at the beginning of the year, I'm like, you know, I'm going to temper my expectations because they always, there's, you know, there could be an injury and it could change everything so quickly, and we've seen it every single week. But Mark, this team still only has two losses, and one of those games they probably should have won. <laughs> so. Well, they, they could have. I mean, I don't want to bring that up again. But yeah, they they certainly could have. Like, you know, but they're still finding, but they're still finding ways to do it. So yeah, and they're and they're the number one seed in the NFC right now yep. as we speak. Yep. Yeah, they um, are. Yeah, they are. With so, all those, if you told me when when we were doing the shows to, together during during the preseason, and we, and we talked about our expectations and what we, who we thought was going to do well and what players were looking, we did all those all those all those shows. But if you told me. You know, the week before the Saints game, that um, Zadarius was going to play 18 plays and then not again for the next 10 weeks. If you told me Jair Alexander was going to miss, what's he missed, like seven games now? Six, mm-hmm. seven? Mm-hmm. Um, that Stokes was going to miss a game. That Kevin King was going to, well, I wouldn't be surprised if you told me Kevin King was going to miss a couple games, but in that same flow with the other two corners being hurt, um, you know, and that's, that's just on defense, but in, and then on offense, that uh, that backyard wouldn't be back yet. Now we we knew he was going to miss some time, but I I didn't think this much. I thought maybe a month, not you know not that you know. But again, it was, it was an ACL. I think we all just kind of got a little uh, excited because he was out there, you know, doing some things. And he is David Bakhtiari, who we thought, okay, he's kind of you know Superman, but he's still he's still human. But anyway, if you told me all those guys were going to miss time, you know, Devontae Adams missed this game, MVS um, missed a month. You told me all that was going to happen, and yet, then you asked me what's their record going to be after 10 games? I would have said, if they're 5-5, five and five, I'll be happy, I think. You know, but they're 8-2. and two. <laughs> Atop so, the NFC. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, I mean, credit to the coaching staff for getting – other guys ready to play and credit to those guys because i mean it, it's the old cl- cliche the next guy up has to do well but it, it's easy to say that every team says it but every team doesn't get that you know i mean other teams get injuries and they fall apart and they have a bad year and any blame it on injuries well these guys have been stepping up and and uh, they're getting good efforts from almost everybody that goes out there henry black you know a second year undrafted safety has played a lot of snaps on that defense and has got his job. And he's not making spectacular plays, but he's he's in the right place. He's, he, he knows his assignment. And, you know, he's making – he's doing what he has to do to allow the, you know, Adrian Amos and, and Savage and, um, you know, whoever else. Mm-hmm. My man, Rosal Douglas, you know, to make great – to make the plays. Yeah, they've they've stepped up and done a great job, and the defense is carrying the heck out of this team. The and and the coaching staff has had to deal with some really awkward and weird stuff too. We don't have to get into all of it because we already know what all of it is. But keeping the locker room together through everything and just all of the the, the even the even during the summer, even during the summer, and just everything that's everything that's happened. I just feel like Matt Lafleur. You can start to see a little bit of gray starting to creep its way into his beard. <laughs> You know, I remember. You remember? Do you remember? Remember? Remember the the picture of Mike McCarthy on his for opening press conference? And then when he left the Packers, it was a very different, very different man. So that's that happens. It just it happens. But the defense has has been fantastic, and we have to start our conversation on, on defense with the guy at the top, which is Joe Barry. And so much been said about Joe Barry, and a lot of opinions were shared when he was hired. You and I were. Uh, we, we were, were doing taken. a sh- we were doing a show. And we found out Joe Barry and, I, and we were both like, okay, we got to look some stuff up. We don't really know a lot about him other than the fact that he was the defensive coordinator on a, a Lions team that didn't win any games, and he just did not have a, a very good track record. But I guess talent matters because you've got a lot yeah, of talented you got a lot of talented players on the Packers exactly. defense, and even without Jair Alexander and mixing some guys in and out, and they find Russell Douglas, like you said. Kevin King gets an interception. I mean, when Kevin King's getting an, inter- getting an interception, then you know that this defense is maxing out. And then you like Dean Lowry is playing better. Lowry's this... playing well. It's again, Kenny. That goes back. Kenny to what Clark I said a billion times. 
when 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 Kenny Clark is is playing great, Dean Lowry plays good. Mm-hmm. When Clark's injured or not playing well, and usually, and usually when he's not playing well, it's because he's he's banged up. Because Kenny Clark is just a great player, the most underrated player, maybe in the whole NFL. I, I I just I can't say enough about Kenny Clark. But when he's banged up, Lowry has to do too much. Dean Lowry's having a very very good year. He's people were you know people are down on him or oh they should cut him they should save them for whatever no he's more than earning what what he's making this year he's having a very good year um you know they're they're playing a lot of the two two linemen sets again that um that Petten used to play that i really didn't like but um they, they've gone more because they're, they're they're in nickel almost all the time especially when they go the teams they've been playing have lined up with three and four wide receivers all the time so you have to counter obviously um, the secondary has been so so good. That's the thing. I mean, they, like you said, the pass rush is good, but that secondary, Savage and Amos are the best set of safeties in football, right? I mean, I don't, I don't even think it's close anymore. Yeah, no, they that, and they they've been lauded as that a lot this season. And, yeah, and they well, are. this past game, I mean, geez, they were. Everywhere. I'm not sure which one's better. I think I'm not. You could argue who the better one is. I I'm starting to think Amos might be a little better than Savage. I mean, they're both very good. I mean, Savage is supposed to be better being the first-round pick, but Amos is really good. I mean, he's really good. Well, that's a good problem to have. And Amos could have yes. had—he could have had another interception. There were there was yeah. two on one drive that he that he didn't that he didn't catch, and and actually Savage got knocked into him and took his feet out from under him. Otherwise, he would have had a second interception on a, another ball. That I mean, Russell Wilson wasn't very good in this game either. But look, yeah. you still got to catch the ball and you still got to make the plays and. And Adrian Amos has been making those plays, making the tackles, getting in there, getting himself, getting his uniform dirty. Darnell Savage getting better, deeper in coverage yep. as well. They are. They're a great tandem. They're a great safety tandem. And in that corner, you know, Stokes, who I remember we, you know, I that was my guy. I liked him a lot when they drafted him. I mean, his speed is really showing up. I mean, he, he took Lockett out of the game last Sunday. Mm-hmm. Lockett wasn't even – I didn't even know he was in the game. I mean, he, he did nothing. Um you know he, he's he's done a great job as for for a rookie. I mean that's amazing. And then you know Rosal Douglas, who they picked up off Arizona's practice squad, who should never even been on. He's I like that kid. I remember him with the Eagles. Um, he's just a tough kid. He's not real fast, but the Packers are hiding his um, lack of you know elite speed by matching him up perfectly, putting him in zones and. He's physical. He's tough. He he comes to play every week, um, and he's been and he's been making plays from the time he put a Packer uniform on. So he's been doing well. King's having when he's playing again. He's missed a couple games with, with injury, but he's playing like he did a couple years ago when he had a good year. Um, Sullivan's having a nice year as a nickel. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's another guy that you thought, man, maybe they can replace him. You know, so yeah. I mean, and again, I think a lot of a lot of credit has to go to the coordinator, right? I mean, and, and as assistant coaches, let's give Jerry Gray and Mike Smith a lot of credit too. Though, you know, those, those position coaches, they get overlooked sometimes because the coordinator is the one good and bad. I mean, they, you know, the coordinator takes the heat when things are bad and he gets the praise when things are good, but those position coaches are very important as, as well. But, but we were on, we were taping. If you remember, Paul was with us at the time. It was the three of us doing a Saturday show and word had got, gotten out that morning that Leonard, uh, Jim Leonard had turned the Packers down to stay at Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. And Paul, being a Wisconsin guy, he, had, he started to cry a little bit. I think he had a little tear in his eye. But we were uh, – I'm only kidding, Paul. Um, but, you know, we were like, oh, no, so who, I guess we're not going to – so who are they going to get? And we and we were throwing some names. And then as as the show went on, word broke, oh, they, they, they hired Joe Barry from, from there. And, and we were like – I don't think any of us were like, wow, hey, great. I mean – we all were a little hesitant, and I think rightfully so. I mean, there was, like you said, his track record wasn't anything that you looked at and said, "Oh wow, look what this guy's done." It's going, this is a great hire. No, it was, hmm. He was in Detroit, didn't do so much, didn't do really well there. He's in Washington, didn't do really well there. But, but again, like you said, those teams weren't very good. So it's you know, again, you can you know, as as good as coaching can be, you can only coach a guy up so much, right? I mean, if the talent, if you have a bunch of you know, average to below average players on on your team, the results aren't going to be as good. The Packers have, you know, this Packers even should be good. They have a lot of high picks, you know, and then the the, the front office did some good things. Signing signing Devontae Campbell, who that was Paul's guy. 
You remember Paul was mm-hmm. campaigning for him all during the offseason, bringing in, bringing in Campbell, getting a Douglas off a of practice squad. Finding Chris Barnes uh, last year. Chris Barnes, undrafted player out of UCLA, drafting Stokes, um, you know, and keeping guys, you know, not getting rid of Dean Lowry like everybody wanted him to, um, you know, giving Kenny Clark the big extension. It, you know, it's one, it's all, it's been every, and then, you know, press, keeping Preston Smith. Thank God they kept Preston Smith because without Zedarius, what would you have, right? I mean, yeah. So they did a lot of good things. And then, and his defense, third in the league in points allowed, third in yards allowed, which both of us think isn't really that important. Um, I know, a top of the league, what did, they, what did we say they were fifth in turnovers caused? They're fifth, fourth or fifth. Yeah, that's fourth and, and I, fifth. And that's all that, and all of that is. I mean, and I don't believe. I mean, people say this, but I don't. I don't you know, you, you can't do it. But take away that first game of the year where they just—that was just a, a, an aberration when the Saints blew them out. I mean, most of the yards and points and all that came in that game. So you know, take away that one awful game, and this defense would be. I mean, think about just how how good this defense is. Oh, they'd be, yeah, next level. Absolutely next yeah. level. Because, it yeah, so the Packers are fourth in takeaways. They've got 16 fourth, okay. behind only the Cardinals, Colts, and Bills. Colts, huh? How about that? Yeah. Yeah, the Colts are second, actually. They've got 21. Mm-hmm. So 10 interceptions, I mean, 11 fumbles. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Jacksonville. Well, I was going to say they got Jacksonville and Houston twice. So. Yeah, so that kind of helps them a little bit. Um, but no, that's fourth is good. And... Um, but again, so your thought, I mean, you weren't sold on Barry, right? When they first hired him? No, I wasn't. I didn't. I mean, well, because, because to me, I mean, it's, it's a different situation, different team. I get that, but it's still, he still didn't have a a great track record and everywhere he's gone, he hasn't really elevated or done anything. So there wasn't anything to say, well, if you give him two or three years, like capers had some history with him where it was like, okay, you know, and that happened too. It was in his second, it was his second year with the team that they won the championship and they had one of the best defenses in the league. In fact, I've heard a lot this past week about when was the last time the Packers had a defense that was this good? Well, 2010. 2010. It was in 2010. Yeah. And remember what I was saying before we, we, you know, before you went over to the Sunday show all the time, what, what I was saying on Saturday was the Packers were, I think, 13th defensively uh, last year. And I think that was based on points because, you know, I, and <laughs> you and I are not fans of that yardage per game metric because it just doesn't mean anything. But the, the Packers were a top 15. And it was like, if you can just bump up three spots and become a top 10, now you're cooking with some serious gas as a defense in the NFL. Well, the Packers have exceeded that. I mean, they're in the top five. Right now, they've right. got, you know, I mean, that's 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 living large, especially when you got a quarterback. And I know Aaron Rodgers didn't look very good this past weekend. But listen, he's going to with a good week of practice, he'll come back and he'll be fine with against Minnesota and moving forward. I don't think he's going to look as sluggish and, and struggle as much as he did. Although, like you said, before we started too, he threw some really good balls and they, there were some drops. You know, Aaron Jones had a drop. Lazar dropped the ball. So if, if you've got that. And if you're not going to lose Aaron Jones long term, which, you know, thank thank the football gods for giving us one there, then this team's going to be really hard to beat because your defense can get off the field. I mean, they had no Devontae Adams. They had, uh, you know, no Alan Lazard on the road in Arizona. And it's your and it's the, the undrafted free agent who was on their own practice squad weeks prior. That's great. That ends up making the making the final play. Now it did also take a, a huge mental gaffe from one of the most veteran receivers in the league, AJ Green, which I'm not going to complain about. Thank you for that, AJ Green. And you know, and Kyler Murray still banged up. He's still dealing with that yeah. ankle injury he suffered in that game. So, you know, the but the, the guys, you said the depth. The depth has been so good, and they're 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 taking the ball away. They're they're hanging on to to, to balls. They're getting in the in the quarterback's way. They're making life difficult. This weekend is going to be interesting because the Packers still don't. They, they're eh, middle of the pack as far as the run game goes. So they've got Dalvin Cook this weekend, and they're going to have to try to find a way to stop him because the Vikings ended up beating beating the Packers once last year in in Green Bay, yeah, and it was largely much. because they couldn't stop. Dalvin Cook, so that's going to be a thing this this upcoming weekend. Packers football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Packer tickets anymore. Because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site, and the only one you'll ever need is your go-to for all NFL tickets. 
TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices in all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. Recently, I was just able to pick up tickets to Packers Vikings in Minnesota, going to be heading west for that game, attending my first game in the new Vikings stadium. Cannot wait for that. Let me tell you, it was so incredibly easy to use TickPick. No awful service fees. I cannot recommend it enough. And the easiest way to do so is by going to TickPick.com slash Packaday today to save $10 on your first order of Packers tickets or any other tickets that you want to purchase. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Well, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not worried about the run. They've, they've been better. They've been a lot better. Than they than they had in the past against the run, and I think the teams they've played. You're playing Kansas City. You're not worried about running. You're worried about Patrick Mahomes, mm-hmm. right? And and those receivers. You play Seattle. You're not worried about the run. You're worried about Lockett and Metcalf, who they who they shut down. You're playing Arizona. You're not. You're worried about Hopkins. Well, Hopkins was in and out of the game, but but you're worried about Murray and and the passing game. None of those. None of those three have a big time back that you really worry about. Well, now things change a little bit. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure they've Joe Barry and his staff heard of Dalvin Cook, <laughs> so they'll, um, that'll be more. They'll, they'll, Cook's name is being brought up a lot in the meetings this week. I'm sure. So they'll have they'll they'll probably have a heavier box. Um, I mean, I'm, yeah, you can't let Cook beat you. You know, the Packers haven't allowed a hundred yard. A, a back to gain a hundred yards. And I think it's let me see. It's like sixteen straight games now. Probably since more. that since that Minnesota game, maybe. No, that was Montgomery for the Bears. Um, okay. And, it, and a blowout win. The Packers won 45-21. and Montgomery had hundred yards. I'm thinking he had like one real long run in that game that and that's what put him over hundred. I'm not. I don't remember the game off the top of my head. Um, but he's the last back to gain hundred yards, and it came in a in a meaningless. I mean, his yards meant nothing because, like I said, the Packers won by 24 points. Um, but that's the last back they get 100, which is pretty impressive. Yeah. And they faced Eric Henry last year. Yeah, I, yeah, and that was that was the other thing, too. In, the, in that game, they made him look human. They, yeah. made it, they definitely made him look human in that game. So that was, that was not a bad performance. Well, so if, if we look at defense, and since we're, we don't care about yards, because yards doesn't matter. And actually, Mark, a good reminder, as, as you gave me before we started recording, about a stat that not a lot of people go off of or know, but that tells you a lot about yeah. your defense. And you talked about it last year, too, on our, our old Saturday show. Yeah, well, it, it tells about your whole team. Um, Stan Walters, the former uh, all-pro left tackle for the Eagles, who I didn't, I didn't cover him as a player. I'm not that old. Um, but he became their uh, color analyst when I was when I started covering the team, and he I, he and I talked a lot. He was a great guy, um, but he always had this stat. I think he got it from Paul Brown when he played for the Bengals. 
um, that he always preached it to him was points per hundred yards. So how many? So you take the amount of points you've scored or given up, multiply it by a hundred, and then divide that into the yards you've allowed, and it gives you a number. And like seven is considered like that's a good that's like the standard. Like if you're at seven, that you're you're doing pretty good. Anything over seven is very good. If, if you know if you're under that, it's not so great. Um, but anyway, like the, so the Packers offense has not been doing well with that. Like especially well last week really hurt them. Um, they've had they had two hundred and something yards at halftime and only three points. So they were moving the ball up and down the field, but not getting points. And Romo during the game kind of was talking about that's but that's what Seattle's defense does. They they let you gain yards, but they wait for you to make a mistake or or hold you to a field goal. Um, and that's what that's why the Packers offense this year is coming up a little short in terms of look at they, they've missed they've left 18 points on the board but missing field goals and they've also settled for field goals sometimes when they should have gotten touchdowns uh, last week they could have easily easily had they had 17 they, they 27 was sitting there for them I mean they missed an easy field goal and Rodgers throws the end zone interception I mean that's 10 points and then the other field goal they scored you know could have been a touchdown it was a short field goal I mean you know they so that so their offense is at six point eight, I believe. I think it's, I, I I have my notebook mm-hmm. and I think right but I think I think they're like just under that mark of seven, which isn't terrible, but it's not Packer like Packers are usually a little better than mm-hmm. that. Uh, but their defense is like at six point two, which is pretty good. And again, that's that's still counting that Saints game that where it kind of knocked messed up a little, you know, messed them up a little bit, but. Um, so they're a plus for the. For, so what you do to find out just how good a team is, you take the, their offense minus the defense, and Packers come out a, a plus point six, which isn't great. It's good. Um, there are some teams that are plus one and a half. I think, I think Tennessee was. I, I did every team. Tennessee was the best team in the league. They're like plus two, which is pretty. That's that's very impressive. Um, and it. What it also does, it shows you what teams are better than maybe they're they're playing. Now, Tennessee has a good record, so they're playing up to that. And like the bottom, like the worst teams by by this metric are the worst teams. De- Detroit's terrible. Houston's terrible. The Jets are terrible. Jacksonville's terrible. So it, it usually plays out. But then you'll, you will find a team or two that is really bad. You know, bad for, for real, like they're two and six or whatever, three and six. But they got a good number. Like uh, this year... The Saints are one of the higher ranked teams by by that by that metric, and they're right. they're they're, in, they're borderline. I mean, they're not. You know, they they they've lost some tough games. Right. Um, and then there's always a team that has a bad metric, but they have a winning record, and you think, hey, but sometimes that it catches up to you by the end of the year too. Um, but what that what, what that stat does, I don't want to go, we'll probably talk too much about it, but it covers everything because it, it includes. Special teams are a big part of that because if you block a punt and score a touchdown, you just got seven points without gaining a yard. So that really helps your, you know, I'm saying that really helps your points per per, per hundred yards. Um, or if you, it helps it. And the defense, you know, if the defense intercepts a pass and brings it back, or even brings it back to the, you know, inside the twenty, and and you score on a short drive, it helps. Um, what doesn't help is what the Packers did a lot last week against Seattle, where they they would get the ball at the twelve move it to wherever and not get any points right you know so that that just gives you a bunch of meaningless yards so yeah well i like it i I like the way that that stat kind of evens things out and gives you a better idea of how the team is performing and the Mm -hmm. packers aren't scoring like they of course they're not going to put together we're not fortunate enough to have 2020's offense and 2021's defense together on the same team because that would be not yet. That would be well. Hopefully they can. I mean, hopefully they can. That would be the unstoppable, immovable object if they that would did. Be but that if would be we ninety six was such an anomaly, and I'm I'm just glad I was alive for it and got to see it and enjoyed it. It was the first time any team that I followed, and of course at that time I was living in the Phoenix area, but I was still very Wisconsin loyal as far as my sports following. Now the Packers are the only Wisconsin team that I really support and follow regularly. That was the first championship of any kind that I'd ever won, either as a player. In youth, in high school, college, any or my pro teams, so that was incredible. And that team was it was spoiled the hell out of us. Best offense, 
Best defense. And they had this and one of the top special teams. Yeah, they were very good. Well, Desmond Howard, I mean, you know, but their but their punt coverage too. Because what I would what I remember about their punt coverage too was they would absolutely maul gunners. You couldn't get a gunner down to head Desmond Howard because he couldn't get off the turf. <laughs> I mean, guys would go out of bounds and just quit and take the the uh, uh, the uh, you know the un, or what's it called the unsportsmanlike conduct penalty because they're like screw it, I'm not getting back out there. I mean, those those guys were just man, they they just killed they just killed guys. But points per game, Packers are third again. They're behind, but Buffalo's number one, Carolina's two at nineteen point three. The Packers eighteen points per game that they're allowing on defense. Total that's po- pretty good. Yeah, not bad. In this day and age of the NFL. Allowing 18 points, that's that's impressive. Mm-hmm. And they've played good teams. Yep. They played Arizona and, and Kansas City and um and well New Orleans opening day was, you know, um they you know, they you know, they had they played the, the Lions, okay, but you know, that's everybody has one bad team on their schedule. And the Lions actually scored some points on them. They scored seven when they scored seventeen. Yeah. I can't even remember. You're right. Yeah, they did. <laughs> what a All game. All the first half. Jeez, what a game. They were losing at halftime, 17-14. Yep. Yeah. And then blew them out the second half. And then they did, yeah. That's true. Yeah, well, I was yeah, I was there for that. That was... Uh, oh, I have, to give you, I have to give you an update, Jason, be, be, before we sign off. My wife is no longer a jinx. Oh, this is the big. This is world. really big news for the yeah, Pack-A-Day podcast. Yes, yes. He was a jinx. I remember. And the, the, the lying game was the one that you know, that was when I said, okay, enough's enough. Because she, she watched the first half, and they were losing 17-14. And then a neighbor texted her and said something about, hey, I, I, I know Mark's watching the game. He's busy. But we're having one. Why don't you come up? And, you know, she said, okay. And then she left, and the Packers second half outscored him 21 nothing. So that's when I said, okay, you can't watch any more games. <laughs> well, we were out. We were, um, it started with the Pitts- – was Pittsburgh before Cincinnati? Yes. Yes, started with Pittsburgh, where she, we, she, I couldn't make her not watch the game, and and they did well, right? They beat Pittsburgh. She, so I said, okay, all right, the game's starting to fall, starting to fade. Then the Cincinnati game, we were actually away, so um, we watched it together, and it was it was scary. But actually, you know, I, I take that back. We didn't see the game because we were we were out. But then we got to the he saw, in, and I, I think this was the Jinx breaker. The first, he, he got there in time to see the winning field goal. He didn't see all the misses. He saw the make. <laughs> so okay. I, I gave her credit for that. I said, uh-oh, he had missed, missed, missed. Now you come in and he makes it. All right, maybe the jinx is broken. That's, and I geez. think it has because because she watched the entire game with me. Last, actually, no. Seattle, she got she was out, came home at halftime. She says, what's the score? I said, 3 nothing. Who has three? I said, the good guys. Okay, that, well, that's good. And she sat down and she watched the second half where they played much better. And so, yeah, the jinx is over. Well, the jinx, uh, it, it helps when uh, one of the ding-dong defensive players on the other team mocks the belt yes, after he does. makes a play. Jamal Adams makes an interception in the end zone, mocks the belt as if he doesn't own a TV for the past 10 years. <laughs> He's lucky he didn't, he did because some guys have gotten hurt. I remember there was, there was one guy, I'm, uh, I'm forgetting uh, his name, who mocked the belt. He was with the Lions, and he did some crazy celebration and mocked the belt afterwards, and he landed funny, and he tore his ACL, and his season oh, was over. <laughs> is that right? I don't remember, oh, yeah. I don't remember that. Yeah, it was, okay. it, we'll get a bunch of tweets if people remember the names, because yeah. I don't right don't now. Mock- but. Bottom line is don't don't mock, mock the belt. belt. Exactly, don't mock the belt. Yeah, exactly. Packers. I don't know if you knew this too. Third overall in, in passing defense. Only uh, they're giving up just over two hundred yards a game, and it's it just listen. Yeah, you got to stop the run, but it's still a passing league, and the Packers oh. stop in the pass. It's no coincidence why they've been so good this year, and why they're mm-hmm. they're able to win these very low scoring games because they're not giving up a ton of passing yards. Two hundred passing yards a game in this NFL right now, Mark. That's a phenomenal stat. I did I didn't even realize it was that low. And again, that first game, they you know Winston killed them, and then the, the since then has really been amazing what they've done. Yeah, and that one you got to kind of throw out the window. I don't know that that was just a weird week. It's just, the first week. It's like the last preseason. My my friends call it the last preseason game because nobody, none of the regulars played preseason, so it's like their only preseason game. And this happens to be the first, it just happens to count. Yeah, and that was. 
it was Z tried to go in that game and they shut him down after that. And it just, there was a bunch of stuff that happened. The Packers have, have done really well and the defense has stepped up. And for, I mean, unfortunately, Whitney Merciless, who they really needed for some depth. I am curious. I know they, they brought Galea up. There's just, there's not a lot out there as far as, as pass yeah. rushers go. The trade deadline's over with. So right. it's, it's going to be pretty slim pickings because if you got a good pass rusher, teams aren't letting them sit, hit the streets. No, no. I mean, I'm, they got lucky that Houston let Merciless go. I mean, I their only hope is that a Houston or a, or a Jacksonville or a, the, a, the Jets, you know, one of those teams um, lets a veteran go for whatever reason to save a couple dollars or whatever the, the, the case might might be. And then they get and they get and they get them. You know, that guy decides he wants to come to Green Bay. Uh, you know, um, I mean, it could happen. That's not likely, but you never. You know, the guy I, I really wanted them to get. I wish the trade deadline hadn't passed. Is to bring back Kyle Kyle Fackrell. Fact, he, would, yeah. he, he would have been a perfect fit as a as a third guy. Um, he knows, you know, he he knows the, the guys know him. He knows them. Um, you know, I think he would have been a nice fit, but he's in, he's with the Chargers and he's he's doing that. That's his role there. He's like the third guy. I mean, he, that's that's what he is. He's a perfect, you know, come in. You you spot him here and there. You, you don't want him on the field too much because I think the more he plays, the less you get. Um, but if you can play him twenty twenty five snaps, you got a pretty good player now. Yeah, he was good. He was with the Giants, and then he's Giants, yeah. And now well, he's with the, the Giants, and then they, they let him go, and the Chargers signed him. Chargers signed him now too. Actually, yeah. the Raiders signed him and cut him, and the Chargers picked him up. Yeah. Dumb well, move by the Raiders, but, well, you know. well, well, you know, I, I guess we'll hold out hope. I think the best case scenario, knowing that Merciless is done, the best case scenario is is to get better news than we hope for Zadarius because it's a back injury. Yeah. I know he wants to play, but. They're not gonna. They're not gonna rush him back. Although it is interesting in an all-in season, and there's been a lot of talk about his uh, his contract and how next year may go, and if he's even gonna be with the team next year. And so, if the team knows there's a low chance that he's gonna come back next year, and he wants to play, even if he's not a hundred percent, but you know, you're down to Rashawn Gary and Preston Smith, and it's razor thin. If either of those guys gets hurt again. Maybe there's a better chance we see Zadarius at the end of it. Now, I I think it would probably be closer to the end of December, maybe beginning of January. That's I mean, kind of what I'm thinking because yeah. a back is you know back backs as you know you've covered the team for, yep. for a long time. Backs are just really tricky. Oh yes, that's the worst. That's what I yeah. I mean you know of all the, of all your injuries, that's because it affects everything. Your back, it affects your legs, it affects your your movement. If it, yeah, you. You got to be right. That back's got to be right, or you're just going to hurt it again. That's what that's what happened. He played those 18 snaps and made it worse. And you know he hadn't played and he hasn't played since. So yeah, you you got to be careful with that. The guy I'm hoping that the guy I'm hoping steps up and he's a young kid. He's still only I think 21. Is Garvin? I mean, he's shown me a little bit this year. He's gotten he's gotten some pressures. He's you know he's not a bad pass rusher. Um, you know maybe who knows? Hey. With the way things have been going for the Packers this year, with guys coming out of nowhere and, and doing things, maybe he's the next one. Yeah, well, well, hopefully. I mean, the Packers have depth. They're going to need production from everybody if they're going to keep it fresh. And I know one of the, the ideas, obviously, the Jalen Smith experiment did not work at all. But there yeah, was there was even track. there was even some talk about whether or not. And I think actually, I think they had Goslin on. Um, at one of the radio shows in Wisconsin, and we're talking about, well, can he move outside at all? And Goslin was like, "It's eh, not his, not his thing." Um, I, I that, tell you who I think will move outside though for the pack is Oren Burks. Mm-hmm. I think we'll see him more outside now because there's no reason to put him inside. They have Barnes and and Campbell, so he's not going to. They don't really need him inside at all. Now we'll see what but, he can do. Yeah, if I mean, he can if he can offer a, put, a if he can offer a push out there, then you you could right. do you could do a lot worse. Which feels weird for me to be saying because I didn't even think he was going to make this roster. I'm like None he's of, gonna, no. he's going to be done. Yeah, we all thought that, and he's had. I mean, he's been better. He, this, I mean, he's been much better this year than he has in his first three years combined. Right, which is weird. Which is odd because how many how many guys did you see that that took till their fourth year for the light bulb to come on? Not usually. I've seen three. I've seen to take guys three. Well, Kyle Fackrell's one. It took three years, right? He he looked like a nothing for his first couple of years, and all of a sudden the light bulb came on. Um, again, I don't want to give Joe Barry all the credit, but maybe Joe Joe Barry is a, was always a linebacker guy, right? That, that's his. That's how he came up as a linebacker coach. Maybe 
Barry has gotten the best out of or, out of Oren Burks, right? I mean, something happened. Yeah, it could be. And he's been, you know, we all kind of chuckled when they showed the video of him trying to like demonstrate tackling in the meeting room. Yeah. And I, I got a tweet from somebody says he he did it on the field and training camp a lot, too. And it's like, you know, as Jacob Westendorf, you know, my my good friend over at Game Out in Wisconsin says all the time, you get what you emphasize. And yeah. so I'm like, OK, well, can Joe Barry start helping coach special teams then? Because they Somebody. could they could they could use a boost. I mean, of course. It wouldn't be a wouldn't be a, and you know what on the missed field goal and I, I know this isn't a field goal show or a special team show Mark but Seattle I was specifically watching the rights Seattle didn't even rush at all and Mason still missed that kick I know this, and it was a good snap and a good hold <laughs> that was on Mason yeah that was on Mason but getting back to the defense and one more thing um, you you talked about you uh, what what um what your friend told you about what you you are what you practice. Um, the Packers are one of the best teams in the league this year in the least amount of missed tackles. Yeah, tackling, which has not I mean, historically been the thing. No, even all the good, even the last two years, which were good years, thirteen and three, going to the championship game, they were not. They were middle to pack to lower in the pack of missed. They missed more tackles than most teams. Well, now they're not missing tackles, and that's again, I, what was the difference? And Joe Barry, right? I mean, he's doing something right. Yeah, again, I, I, I was not. Ex- I gotta admit, I, like you said, Dom Capers when they hired him way back when. Oh yeah, Dom Capers, sure, good in Pittsburgh and a head coach. He wasn't a great head coach, but he okay. You know, did start Houston and Carolina, and you know, a name guy. I heard of him? Even Mike Patton, right? Mike Patton. Oh yeah, he was a good coordinator. But, uh, Cleveland, everybody fails in Cleveland. That's no big deal. But again, I, I was okay. Joe Barry. I think I don't know. I, I yeah, but hey. You just you you never know, right? Right now, you never do. Well, and I feel a lot more confident. Like when a guy comes up one on one in the open field, I feel a lot more confident that this year's team knows how to make that tackle. And I mean, no one's better at it than Jair Alexander. But when you got guys like Russell Douglas and Kevin King and guys mm-hmm. that haven't historically done it, making those plays, this team's turned up. So well, I think Cam- I think Campbell makes a big difference. Oh, too. he's so good. He's just so- they, they finally have a linebacker that makes plays and, and is and is all over the field and can do things as opposed to what they've had in the, you know in the past going inside and out you know well did you notice russ russell wilson he had nowhere to go no and and, it, and listen the injury wasn't to his legs or his feet it was his finger he still had his right. legs and he had nowhere to run he had one do, he had one he had big one run. run he had one, one big run, run all yeah. all day long and that was because devondre campbell was right there and russ was like nah i'm good <laughs> and he tried to you know he tried to force it now i'll say this too you can say Russell Wilson came back a little bit early, but I, I think those deep the success the Packers had defending the deep ball, I think that's because their defensive backs are good. They yes. made a good draft pick in, in Eric Stokes. He's got the, the speed, and as he's getting older and maturing, not older, but as he's maturing into an NFL player, he's understanding how you play some of these balls. You know, Early in the season, he got beat because he was in position, but he just misplayed the ball, and right. he, he looked like a rookie. Well, he's very quickly learning, and it helps when you've got great role models like Savage, Amos, Jair Alexander, how to play the ball. Jerry Gray, great, excellent coaching there, too. How to play the ball, where to play the ball. It's like, dude, you got the speed. If you're there, you got to make the play. And he did. He's just getting his yep. hand in there and just disrupting the, the catch. DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, a combined five catches for 50 yards. And I talked about it. Tyler Lockett got about half of those on that last uh, possession. Right. On the last play of the game, wasn't it? This, Yeah. This defense is just... Man, this defense is just so you know. I guess we start the show gushing about them when we end the show gushing about them. So they're gonna they're gonna get a chance. I mean, they're gonna they're gonna have a test this weekend because they're gonna have Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, Dalvin Cook, Kirk Cousins in, in Minnesota. And like I said, the the Vikings they they need this game. There's a lot of a lot of guys in the roster and a lot of guys in the coaching staff who really need this game. And this is a tough one. I mean, you know, Ken, it's really hard to sweep the division. And you look at the road games as potential culprits. Well, they've already beaten Chicago on the road, and you, you assume that they will be able to take care of Detroit at the end of the season, and that's the very last game of the year. I hope Detroit wins the game between now and then. <laughs> I really do. I don't want to play a winless team. <laughs> well, especially a bite-the-kneecap Dan Campbell coached winless that's team. That's insane, yeah. I, I really wanted – I was rooting hard for Detroit to beat Pittsburgh in that game, that overtime game last week, just to get a win, you know. Get it out of the way. 
Yeah, I don't. It's uh, you know, it's hard to go win. Well, at some point though, they're probably going to have to be mindful of how many games that uh, that they do win, even if it is one more. Because if it at at some point you're you kind of switch your your strategy. Yeah, and you've got a you've got an opportunity to uh, to draft a very at a very high spot. You know, not the team's tank, but team's tank. So. well, good stuff, Mark. It was good to re-up. Right, it's good yeah. to good to reconnect. Uh, as we always do um, over at it's midweek, so I, I don't remember what your usual schedule is over Packer Report. But what are you working on? Well, I have um, the story up now. I do the instant analysis after the game. I will have a story up tomorrow, Thursday. I'm not sure what it's going to be yet. I'm working on. I got a couple things in mind, but I haven't nailed them down yet. So, but I'll have a story up Thursday morning on Packer Report as well, and then again uh, right after the game. Sunday, I'll have an instant analysis again. Very good. And Quick Slants Podcast will be back on Thursday, and I will also have the post-game recap after the Packers and Vikings game on Sunday, along with another Quick Slants Podcast on Monday. It's been fun. Thanks so much to Dusty and Steve and Sarah for giving us their spot this week. It's been uh, it's been good to reconnect with you, Mark. Yeah. The reunion and tour. The reunion tour. And hopefully we'll get a chance to do it again soon. So everybody, uh, it, it is, what is it, hump day? It's hump day. So everybody enjoy the rest of your week and the game upcoming this weekend. Everybody stay safe and go Pack Go. Go.